All right, welcome to the podcast, guys. Uh, today we have someone on the show who I have tremendous respect for. And, you know, one of the things I think everybody should know is what it takes to sort of get on the show. I like people that are dedicated to what they do. They're passionate about what they do, and they never want to stop growing. I think growth is part of life. I don't think people stay healthy if they stay stagnant. You know, one of my themes in all of my work is that stagnation is disease and flow is health, right? So you've heard me say that if you watch these podcasts. And one of the biggest ways to create flow in your body is yoga. And when you say yoga to somebody, you usually get this like, oh, God, you know, it's a really funny reaction often um, because it needs, in my opinion, to be demystified. There's still a lot of um, bizarre ideas about yoga that really aren't backed up by any facts um, that yoga might not be for you. Uh, you know, it, it's this, it's that. So today on the show, we have somebody that knows yoga. Uh, she does one-on-one -on -one yoga therapy sessions. I did one with her. It was pretty amazing. And then, of course, she does uh, yoga in classes online, and she's been doing it for quite a while, which I'm sure she'll get into. Tell us about her experience. Uh, she comes from a background of you know running her own business in the past and not a yoga business, you know, before when she was first uh, getting started in life. And so she has you know business savvy as well, which I think really helps to get across what yoga is to people, you know, to be a communicator, to have multiple skills. Yeah, it's always valuable. Um, I looked up a couple of yoga facts uh, for myself, and I had heard how old yoga was. And, you know, I looked up and it said it's somewhere between 5,000 and 10,000 years old. And, you know, this series is called Ancient Wisdom, Modern Science and Common Sense. So you can imagine how much respect I have for something that's five to 10,000 years old. Uh, anybody uh, with any uh, real thought will realize that, you know, truth has a way of uh, surviving and fallacy has a way of time just beating it up. And to exist that long as a science, an art, uh, a craft, a uh, healing art, um, obviously, you know, it, it's, it's got to be good, right? I mean, in 5,000 years of people doing it, maybe 10,000 years. Um, it started in northern India. And it helps with strength, flexibility, and balance. I think people forget about the balance part of that. If you've done some yoga, you may even realize the strength and the flexibility aspect, but you may not realize about balance. And one of the things I see in my patients as they get even in their 40s, they start losing the ability to sort of just stay on their feet and be solid unless they're trying something really, really prominent to build that balance and work on that part of their body. Um, they start to lose balance. And that's the beginning of falling down. and That's the beginning of face planning. And it gets ugly, as you can imagine. Um, the research on it, there's a lot of research I found on heart disease, uh, BMI, cholesterol, and blood pressure being, you know, parts of that BMI, you know, um, someone's uh, body mass, right? How, how much uh, fat versus muscle they are. Uh, and so I think it's amazing. So uh, welcome to the show today, Christine Zembrowski, uh, yoga extraordinaire, I guess I could call you. You can flesh oh. that out. How are you? I'm doing great. Delighted to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm so happy you decided to do this with me because it's something that I, I, there's only so many people that I feel I can just, I've referred you patients over the years. You've referred me patients or clients, whatever you call them in your business. Um, and I can send them to you with absolute confidence that they're going to be treated uh, fantastically. No one's ever come back and said otherwise. And you're a loving, caring person that 
that takes people and meets them where they're at and brings them to the next level. And that's why I've always enjoyed uh, your company as well as um, being in, uh, you know, sort of in business with you, I guess we'd say, right? We're, we're helping people out and uh, getting people to work on their frames, right? A chiropractor, as everyone knows, works on the frame. And I think yoga has so much mystery. And today we're going to take that mystery down a notch and get people to understand why they should be doing yoga. I can't think of somebody who can't or shouldn't be doing some form of yoga. I think you mentioned that book. Um, uh, is it yoga on an airplane or airplane yoga? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah. And I thought if you can do yoga in an airplane seat, that is phenomenal. I had to get that book. I have it somewhere. I thought that that's, that really just shows the reason I love that title is in writing my book, I thought, you know, what titles should there be? You want a, a title that uh, grabs a person and, you know, yoga on an airplane just sounds so insane. You think you need the mad and the space and the tranquil yeah. environment, but here you are 600 miles an hour, 30,000 feet in the air, stuffed yeah. in your seat like a sardine and somehow you're doing yoga. So that to me said, uh, boy, just about anybody can do it and it isn't like you don't have a place for it. So let's get started. So what what started you in yoga? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Like how did you become uh, a yoga instructor or interested in yoga? Well, uh, back in the uh, 70s, my, my ex and I started a business and um, it was very stressful, very, very stressful business, mm -hmm. a retail business. I loved it, but it was very stressful. And after about 10 years, um, he wanted, my partner wanted to take yoga. So he took yoga, which I was very surprised. And he did really well with it. And I noticed a difference in him. He usually was like kind of a angry person. He could get angry real easy. But after doing yoga, he was a lot calmer. I kind of wait for the backlash and it wasn't there. And um, so I thought there must be something more to it. So I started taking it. And to be honest with you, I did not like it. <laughs> oh, that's funny flow, you know, I was already <laughs> strong and I had been doing aerobics and, you know, weightlifting and um, I felt strong and I'm like, what, why do I need this? And then I took it because I said I was going to take it. So I took it. And by the end of the eight weeks, the teacher asked me if I wanted to teach it. I had fallen in love with it. Wow. And um, of course it took a while before I could teach it. But she could see my passion for it and how I developed. But my first instinct was, no, I don't think this is for me. I wanted to go back to aerobics. And yeah, um, yeah. so within a couple of years, I was teaching it. That's fantastic. And you think about the different trends that have gone through uh, jazzercise and everything imaginable over the over the years. I remember you know, watching Jane Fonda. Uh, do her exercise tape and the different things that have gone on. Meanwhile, yoga just stayed there in the background, doing its thing, never dying out, uh, having surges and ebbs and flows maybe over time. But because of its higher truth and its power, um, it's amazing. I can remember Deepak Chopra saying that through yoga and meditation, you could lose weight. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. That was like 10 years ago. And I thought, I know that to be potentially true, but I thought that's an interesting thing to say because so many people think of w weight loss as burning those calories. Calories are units of heat and we need to heat up and sweat and toil yeah. or, you know, go on a diet that is, uh, you know, maybe restrictive. And uh, a lot of times when you get into a peaceful state, you're not using food to soothe yourself. 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that anxiety causes is the want to change your state of mind. Like, I don't want to be anxious. And people turn from drugs to alcohol to God knows what. And mm -hmm. yoga is something you could turn to that doesn't toxify anything and just creates harmony. And like you said, I love that you didn't like it at first. That's funny. I never, I didn't know that because you yeah. seem like such a, a yoga person to me that I can't imagine your nature was anti-yoga. I know. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, that must have been, I, I, like, I remember hearing that, um, what massive rejection is the key to success. In other words, if you have a new idea, and I think that can happen at a personal level. In other words, you reject something because it's so in your face and it's so what you need that it's almost you know, painful to, uh, to, to, go to, that, to go to that place. Yeah. Uh, I know when I get into weight training, I did a lot of stuff. And then someone taught me to do an overhead lunge where you push weight over your head and lunge at the same time. I was so bad at it that I, I was excited, actually, because I hated it. And I thought, mm -hmm. God, I just but I realized that part of my body wasn't developed. And that was a lot of good musculature of the back of all things. Right. I'm a chiropractor. Yeah. So <laughs> to not have back strength is like a cardinal sin. And I realized uh, I'm going to get good at overhead lunges, overhead squats, and I've become, let's say, proficient at it at this point. Um, but uh, and it was it is I wouldn't say life changing, but it was pretty cool that it changed how my body, um, you know, sort of uh, uh, my posture of all of all great stuff. Because the chiropractor, you're bent over people all day, right? So right. you got to watch yeah. the irony, right? The irony of that you're all yeah. punched over. Um, I, was, I thought about that before. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 one of the things. That? Yeah. One of the things that a uh, fellow chiropractor told me one time was to use postural disengagement. And I said, what does that mean exactly? And he means to do the opposite of what you're doing. So if you're bent over with your palms down, you stand up and bring your palms up, basically, right? You do the opposite. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I've taught people postural disengagement exercises from being seated. People sit at a desk all day in that, in that what I think they call it the praying rat position, right? You're almost like <laughs> yeah, right. typing away your keyboard. Um, and to do the opposite, which I maybe is, uh, it might be sun salutation, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? Okay. Sort of the opposite of that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you know, you probably know 10 different ways of doing that. Um, <laughs> so for people, well, let's give me your definition of yoga. People can look it up uh, and, and, and Google it and everything else. But in your mind, how would you define yoga? Well, um, I'm going to, I'm going to come from a more Western thought process. Okay. Um, so if you ask somebody from India, it's going to have a very kind of religious background. Right. It comes from the Hindu um, religion. And, and that was one of the things that kind of turned me off in the, in, the, in the beginning was that I was a Christian and I wasn't, I didn't resonate with some of the gods and goddesses and names. And I was like, that's why my business is now called Yoga by Design. Um, so I westernized it. So it's, it's a way to find peacefulness within yourself. Most mm -hmm. of us look for peace out there. Like we think, okay, if this person's this way or somebody drives better, I'm going to be calm. So no matter what's going on around you, yoga shows you how to bring that calm from within you mm -hmm. rather trying to seek it outside yourself. It's never wow. from outside you. That's a massive discovery if you think about it. I mean, what bigger spiritual journey maybe is the right word to use to describe the, the, the recognition that peace is an internal job 
and that uh, a, a skill set to be able to create that. Like you're saying, you're in a car and someone's driving maybe in a way you don't like, so you're screaming and, and freaking out. Um, you know, and maybe there's a, there's a small amount of time where maybe that's valuable because someone really is, you know, driving yes. in an insane fashion. But the majority of the time is just, you know, he didn't put his blinker on. I wish you would switch lanes. Why are you doing, why are you traveling so close to that person? Kind of minutia, right? I mean, it's definitely, yeah. uh, it's, it's really picking that stuff. And if you had inner peace, that wouldn't bother you. And inner peace sounds like, once again, one of these out there crazy things that people can't achieve, but... Obviously, you came from running a business to a point of teaching inner peace through yoga. And, uh, and not to say that anybody could do it, but you, you did it. You were raised in the West. You're a Christian faith. So, you know, it isn't like uh, you're, you're an oddity for this area. You're, you know, you're, you're in, in some ways very typical of how we grew up, right? Mm -hmm. That's how we were raised. So if you can do it. You'd be a great communicator of how other people can do it. They came from the same mindset and background. Right. That's fantastic. That's, yeah. That and I think that's one of the things is that people gravitate to my style that do gravitate. Um, it's because they have that same mindset. Now there's some people who come in and say, Well, I want to pray to Buddha and I'm going, Well, mm -hmm. you're not gonna find that here, you know. Mm -hmm. So I've actually had people say that to me, you know, wanted me to wow. teach them about Buddha. And I go, oh. No, it's it's not, you know, but uh, but that's the misconception that we that I'd like to clear up with people. It doesn't interfere with your faith, no matter what faith you are. Yoga is a science, mm -hmm. okay? It's a way of life, but it doesn't interfere at all with your faith. So that's mm -hmm. a real important thing. I think a lot of people, we need to debunk that myth. Yeah, I've even asked uh, people if they thought Buddhism was a faith or a philosophy because there's so much philosophically sound comments that agree with so many other faiths mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, is it, you know, and, and I think it's still a, to this point a debatable, you know, I mean, I'm sure a Buddhist is going to say, well, it's my faith, but faith and philosophy, those are fuzzy lines between those two. Mm -hmm. um, be a great conversation to have with, with somebody that uh, spent more time in that yeah. concept of which one is it, right? But right. I never, I never introduced, uh, yoga was not introduced to me having anything to do with Buddha or even India, I just thought it was yoga, right? So I found out later it came from India. That's great. And then there was a Hindu uh, and, and a you know Buddhist type of background, and that and that's fine. I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, mm -hmm. But I was more into can I hold this posture without falling over? I mean, my focus wasn't really anything else. Yeah. And am I breathing deep enough? You know, I can't. I'm looking at someone else going, wow, I can't believe a person could do that. That's so amazing. Um, but how many different styles of yoga are there? You hear about different styles. Yes, yeah. The there are many, many uh, hundreds and hundreds of style, especially wow. in India. And just about every village has a teacher, uh, a guru or a sadhu. And they, so they teach their style of yoga. So the most popular are Iyengar yoga, Himalayan yoga, uh, of course, uh, I'm trying a bunch of other ones without getting okay. there's so many but each teacher brings themselves to the party so if somebody's a very physical really into athletic very athletic he might bring that whereas another teacher might have be more mindful and more meditative style right. and um i i taught i was taught under the himalayan style and the kripalo style of yoga mm -hmm. and i 
gravitated to Kripalu style, which is a more feminine type of yoga. Um, it's not as uh, rigid um, and or okay. steep dogma. It's it's okay. a softer kind of, and that resonated with me and my personality. You know me, <laughs> like it yeah. Resonated. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's interesting how martial arts and yoga have some overlay. Um, one of the mm -hmm. things I studied for a very short time, just didn't have enough time, but I was very fascinated in it, was some of the martial arts that are really based more in uh, peaceful movement more than they are, you know, sort of violent or defensive. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember one form, their, their sort of catchphrase was a way of harmony. And they said that if someone gives you a gift and you refuse to take it, they still have the gift. So if someone comes to you with force and you give the force back to them, whatever they gave you, you give it back to them. So if someone was to throw themselves at you, you got out of the way um, and they hit the ground, they would actually be, you know, doing the damage to themselves, almost like a lesson versus, you know, being being violent or being disruptive. And mm -hmm. I think you're talking about the different how aggressive some yoga is and how yin and yang maybe it is um different so. forms of yoga so mm -hmm. how does a person know if they're if, if they're just gonna go out and do yoga how do they know which one they're getting involved in if you take like a super athlete and he wants he or she wants to get involved in yoga um how would you direct them do you have different practitioners or how far do you go away from the yoga you just described well okay let's deal with what first question was how do uh, what would be safe way maybe for people to come to yoga, you mean, or that want right. to know about yoga? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So the first part would be, okay, so you want to talk to a yoga teacher. So there's a number of yoga teachers on the internet. There's also teachers that still have studios, but it's a good idea to connect with them either by email, text, or voice, and just talk to them and just ask, you know, tell them what you're looking for and see if it's a match. And most teachers will let you do the first class free. I do that in my class. So you want to, sure. you don't want to just jump in without knowing or, or, or worse yet, without the teacher knowing you. That's a big mistake. And that's one of the bad things about the internet. There's a lot of good things about the internet and yoga. And, you know, but the bad thing is people get involved with things they have no business getting involved with at that time. Sure, sure. And so it's, uh, it's good to do a little research, take responsibility, do a little research. And the best way is to talk to somebody that's already doing yoga that you might know. Most people have somebody in their life that's doing yoga. Talk yeah. to that person. And, uh, you know, there's yoga in the gyms, which is, you know, a little different than having it like a, on, on the Internet with more with a teacher that's really committed to her students where in the gym, people come in and out all the time. You don't even know mm -hmm. who they are. Right. I recommend, especially for my, my, my focus is the over 50 crowd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although I have younger people in my class and many people have grown into my classes. I have people that started when they were in their 60s are now in their 80s. I have people that started in their 30s that are now in their 50s, you know, so, um, but finding a teacher that matches you and you what you're looking for so if maybe you're preparing to um, run a marathon you would do a certainly a different type of yoga than somebody who's just looking for more peaceful uh, place 
and Tony and, you know, being able to have some peace within themselves. Yeah, like build endurance. So you you could confidently say that yoga is for everyone? I can. I've even done uh, yoga um, one-on-one with people in hospital beds. Great. I believe it. Yeah. And um, I, I, one in particular, the woman had terminal cancer um, and it was a friend with my, one of my friends, her mom, she had some familiarity with yoga. So it wasn't, you know, she had a little, but she never thought she'd be able to do it in bed. And I just talked her through it and I had her visualize it in bed. And when the aides came in after we were done, they could not believe the amount of mobility and strength she had after that class. That's and it still gives me goosebumps to think about it um, because it gave her a quality of life, a little bit more time and quality of life and confidence that she could do more than she thought. So even somebody who's never done yoga, I could do it in a hospital bed on a chair. Mm-hmm. I do it online and some of my students um, some of the work I do, some of the people are online and they're in their bed because they can't get down on the floor. So that's a nice that's advantage fantastic. of having it online. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, 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 that's fantastic. And I can picture that because the, in the yoga that I've done, I can imagine that you can create a setting uh, out of almost any, in any, any environment <clears throat> and create uh, yogic like muscle tone and positioning to whatever degree that person's you know, able to pull it off. Exactly. To whatever because, degree. It's not going to be, you're not going to compare it to somebody like yourself who's really, you know, fit and toned and, you mm-hmm. know, you do hiking and you're, and you have an athletic background. Yeah, no, somebody that it's going to be a little different. So I appeal to all ends of the spectrum from hospital beds to mm-hmm. people who are really physically fit. And, and that, that's for everybody. Okay, excellent. Now, one of the questions that I know I've, had when I've recommended somebody yoga is they're afraid they're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's a matter of uh, pacing it, but how do you, how do you answer that question? If someone's concerned, you know, can I get hurt doing this? Wow. That's a great question. And one that I've addressed over the years, one of the best ways to ensure that you'll get hurt with yoga is to do it online without knowing the teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to know the teacher the teacher needs. There's a relationship between the teacher and the student. That's not Mm -hmm. talked about in our society. We just, you know, run into the gym class and do a few yoga poses and run out. I Mm -hmm. feel better. It's way more than that, especially if you have some concern. So um, one of the ways I recommend, if somebody has a concern, I might recommend that they do a few private sessions. So I've had couples do that and, you know, sisters do it. Sometimes it's a little cheaper when you do private, semi-private mm-hmm. and maybe do three to six private sessions to give, build your confidence and find. So if you, maybe you've had a recent knee replacement, maybe only six months out, you know, you, certainly I would be afraid myself, I think, to come sure. into a class, you know, that soon. So I would want to, maybe take a couple of private classes. And then the teacher can, when you go into the class, you'll understand more in the group setting how to manage and you know know the know my directives and what yeah. works 
doesn't work. And then I know that person. So I, in the class, I might say, well, here's an alternative. You can do this instead of this. And you won't even know that I'm talking <clears throat> about that person. They know yep. it's them and other people will pick up on it. Um, so I give people alternatives. Um, and, you know, that is a responsibility that the person really needs to take. If it hurts, you don't do it. Mm -hmm. that. Okay. You know, like, oh, doctor, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know? yeah. So, um, but we are so in our society, our culture, we are so attuned to if it doesn't hurt, something's wrong. I'm not doing enough. Yeah, I, I see and it all the time. Yoga, yeah, in, in yoga. And I mean, I even heard a football player on uh, Johnny Carson or years ago, and he had just retired and he went to the gym and he worked out six hours a day, you know, he's used to it. So he went to the gym and he'd meet these people. And it was the first time he was in a, you know, a, a regular atmosphere, not being controlled in, in the football and by the football uh, team. And he could not believe that people would come the first day to work out, never worked out before and would work out for two hours. Yeah. Wow. Was, where's that common sense? Yep. You know, so you have to apply common sense. So you know, the first time, you know, doing a, a half hour, an hour private session really will build your confidence and um, less likely to get hurt. But I talk them through it a, a lot, too. I'll say, if this is if this is starting to hurt your knees, back off. Mm -hmm. You know, if this if this movement hurts your shoulders, bring your shoulder up, bring it down. So I give them instruction so that they start to learn you don't have to hurt yourself to do yoga. You don't have to hurt yeah. yourself to do anything, whether it's raking, shoveling, you don't have to hurt mm -hmm. yourself, there are ways to do it. And um, yeah. you start to learn that and bring it into your life off the yoga mat. I call it yoga off the mat. Uh -huh. so when you're raking, you're cognizant, I'm gonna do this side and then I'm gonna do mm -hmm. this side, balance it out, take a little Absolutely. break, take a water, you know, those are what we, those are the things we learn in yoga. I, I think that parallels my profession in that people, as I get to know their sort of body integrity, yeah, obviously you, we take a history and an exam and we, and we ask a lot of great questions. So I get an idea right away of what kind of force and what kind of length of treatment and how much muscle work and stretching and adjustment ferocity, what tools will I use? What technique will I use is mm -hmm. based on uh, an old time carburetor said, there's only two types of patients, hard and soft. And he said, and they never look the same. You can have a 90 pound woman and you've got to use a credible force or she's not ever going to get better. And you could have a football player like you're referring to six foot five, 300 pounds, and you better be light because they have other issues. You can't just judge that from the, you know, just from the judge the book by the cover. You got to get to know the person like you're saying. I always invite a patient to come along and sit on a stool, a pr prospective patient, with the person who might refer them in and ask me any questions while I'm working on the friend. And they can see what it looks like. And uh, the person pops off the table and says, hey, look at that. That was great. Um, and then they can get more comfortable. And I think yes. that chiropractic's been around in Western culture because it's invented here, right, right here in Davenport, Iowa, uh, so long. And I think yoga is that one step more mystifying so people you know need to, to get a little more comfortable uh, taking a complimentary class from you or from somebody i think that's a fantastic idea you know get to like you're saying i get to know them they get to know 
me or, or you, and they can and, and pay attention to their body and don't push it. I know personal trainers who never want the uh, client to be sore after the workout. Um, they, they want them to, like they'll say, you know, you can do 10 chin-ups. All right, we're going to do five today. And tomorrow we're going to do six. But every day they're doing something. Mm-hmm. It's just never the big blowout workout, right? And uh, that, 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 that probably comes from a yogic philosophy then. The way you're saying it, that's probably that maybe yeah. that personal trainer is a, a yogi, you know, and he has a lot of respect for the the or idea martial of martial arts background. Same thing, too. A lot mm-hmm. of people think that some not all martial arts are really in, as intense as they people think they are. Not at all. Yeah, absolutely. Not at all. Yeah. No. So uh, in your mind, why are people hesitant to do yoga? What's the biggest hesitation? We might have covered some of that, but in summary, What's the first thing hesitation? You you talked about the faith area. Mm. What yeah, else do you see? We talked about that, but one of the things, and uh, this one kind of makes me laugh a bit, you know, um, not to laugh at people, but this is just how we are as human beings. They'll say to to me or to one of my students, "Well, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible." Yeah, not funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny, and it's mm-hmm. like sort of saying. Well, I can't drive a car because I don't know how to drive a car. <laughs> you know, I love it's it. Absurd, yeah. you know? uh, but I understand where they're coming from. Yeah. So you just, I just ask them, well, just look at that question. So what is it that has you say, I'm not flexible? Well, mm-hmm. I usually, uh, usually have, it, it, they'll tell me, but I usually share a story. Um, when my daughter was nine years old, she said, mom, can you touch your toes? And I go, sure. You know, and I went halfway down and went, what happened? <laughs> I used to be able to touch my toes. If you don't continue to do it, you're not going to be able to do it. It's just That's a right. matter of doing it. And I have the same thing of um, people say, well, do I have to get down on the, on, on the floor? Because I don't think I can get up. Yeah. And one of the things we practice, not in all the classes, because some of the classes can be on chair or in the bed, there's different levels of classes, but one of the things I have them do is practice getting up and down off the floor, not just in class, Mm -hmm. but at home. Mm -hmm. If you, if you fall down at home, you've never gotten up off the floor for 20 years. Your body is totally forgotten. The muscles, the nervous system has sending messages the muscles are going what <laughs> what yeah. do, we do we have to open up those neurological pathways by practicing it so i say before when you sit down to watch tv sit on the floor for the first 10 minutes then get up yeah and then you'll you'll do it once a day you'll never have trouble getting up up and down off the floor or worry about falling and not getting up. And that's a big problem in our senior population. Absolutely. They make a lot of money on that too, (laughs) selling devices and different services and stuff to protect people. But the best way is to be proactive, get down on the floor. It may not be easy the first time, Uh but with the yoga and the yoga practices, it'll it'll get easier and easier. And then you'll find yourself, people say, all of a sudden I, I squatted down in the grocery store and I popped right up and I didn't even know I could do that, but they've been doing yoga for a year. They could never have done it before. I even, man, uh, one of my students, he was quite rotund. I'll say obese. 
he came to yoga and he was bicycling and he was getting healthier and he was losing weight, but he was still very much overweight. And um, he said, my, my wife wants to come to yoga. I never thought she would come. And I go, oh, what, what changed your mind? He goes, when I was in the restaurant and I dropped my fork and I just picked it up real quick and picked it up. Real, I'd never done that for 10 years. Wow. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah. And so just those simple things, you know, just being able to have quality of life and confidence. I, I, that, that make, you make a good point. One of the things that I can share my personal experience is when I first started doing planks, I got in this idea that I wanted to do this plank challenge. And as I was getting more, more proficient at it, I remember getting down on the floor with my kids when they were younger and I popped right up from a plank position. I just snapped my knees up and stood up. And I thought that's way easier than it used to be. That is way <laughs> easier. Yeah. And then of course, why wouldn't it be since it's, I'm popping up out of something that I've been trying to hold for minutes uh, and I, I thought, what a great skill set to be able to get off the ground. A lot of the training I do is in primal movements. And these are things that are basic survival movements, being able to do a chin up or a pull up and getting off the ground really fast and how to roll up and, and all these other things. And uh, a plank is is such an amazing oh. uh, uh, skill set to develop yeah. for your own survival. You know, one of the ways of getting up would be to come up from a plank position. And obviously, there's a, a bunch of ways of getting up, depending if you have to yeah. hang on to countertops and chairs. But certainly the ability to uh, to move like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't really I, I believe that people should let go of a lot of the, the hesitations. And I hope hopefully after watching this podcast uh we'll, we'll win a bunch of people over to go and do yoga yeah. and improve their lives whether they come and see you or they're in texas and they see somebody but you know get to know your instructor and take it that way um what would you say yoga does for a person summarize that we covered some some talk about that but if a person goes to yoga and they said well i don't know is this doing anything like what what would you say a person should say okay uh wow i think i've achieved those three things or those five things what does it do? Well, usually most people will come to yoga when they're under some sort of stress, mentally or physically. So they usually come to improve uh, balance or to help their back, or they may come because they've had a traumatic um, incident in their life, mm -hmm. whether you know, like divorce or death or you know something like that and they want peace or somebody's dying and they want that peacefulness. So people come for different reasons. They either come for the physical or they come for the more um, connect. I want to say spiritual, but it's not necessarily, not everybody does. Um, I know what you mean, yeah. Peace, more of a peaceful feeling inside and a calmness, be able to relax in the face of all that's going on in their world. Um, but most people find uh, the people that come for physical are amazed at how calm and how quickly they can calm themselves, most people. Mm -hmm. And it's a tool. I always say you have your little yoga tool belt and you have all these little tools. So it's not just the, the movements or what we call postures or asanas that you're mm -hmm. familiar with, you know, like um, tree pose, standing on one foot or down dog, which most people are familiar with seeing, um, that little tool, each one of those poses bring a certain thing to you. Like downward dog really improves your posture. Mm -hmm. it helps the upper back muscles, opens up your chest. So it really improves your posture. And you wouldn't think it would. Um, 
So, but it also, because your head is below your heart, it makes you just kind of stop thinking with your head and you start to think more with your heart. Mm. So there's a time to think with your head. Absolutely. We want that analytical, but there's sometimes the analytical like this gets in the way, right? A little right. blah, 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 blah. You did this. And how come you did this? And that anxiety kind of issue. So the anxiety goes away, your mind quiets and your heart just kind of takes over. And by the time you come up out of that pose, you're way calmer. It's not just that's fascinating. Yeah. That's so what I, I think. Every pose brings something to it. Yeah. What I think is fascinating about that is I was um, I was always fascinated that the gut, the intestines are considered the second brain. And mm -hmm. then I read further about that that concept that we could have a cellular sort of thinking apparatus. And maybe it's the amount of microflora that are in there making, you know, four pounds, I think it is of, of bacteria, the healthy bacteria too, yeah. in the intestine, that's the second brain. Um, and that we, you know, the, the old con the old phrase gut feeling actually is more than just a silly phrase. Oh, yeah. It actually comes from like a sense of reality or, and we think of mm -hmm. there's, I think the same number of neurons in your intestine than there's in your brain. So mm -hmm. full on a second brain. And then after reading and researching that more, I found that the heart was called, is recently being called the third brain. So it's interesting that you said that about pooling blood and using position to sort of call to the front uh, of consciousness or the front of use, the heart, you know, and heart energy is such a beautiful thing to, to, to be expressing. So, I mean, the, the analytical thing is, is so important. And uh, but it, but it, we're not just machines. We're human beings, mm -hmm. and uh, to be valued for all, we're valued for all of these things. But in some arenas, you know, if we're just looking at IQ all the time to look at someone's value in society, we're making a big mistake, big mistake. Um, because uh, massive. Um, it, because we're 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 making kind of a mess. And and well, I don't know. I, I don't want to be a robot. I like to be smart. But at the same time, I'd like to, you know, uh, have loving and caring emotions for people and uh, be a full human being. And uh, society, if it uh, needs to reward people, and it does reward people, but some people aren't paying attention to how much EQ versus IQ, those two concepts, I think, are pretty cool, too, right? The emotional uh, equivalent. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that, that makes a good point. Um, online yoga, mm. you mentioned earlier. And that's a yeah. question I wanted to ask you because this uh, the, the, this pandemic has caused so many people to you know hide in their houses and and use computers to communicate, and uh, certainly uh, how has that changed? I know I don't know if all your classes are online right now, but I know that um, they they at least were for a while. And do you have a preference? And what's the benefits and the losses of both both of these things? Hmm. Well, if somebody had told me before the pandemic that um, I would really love the way yoga comes across online and being able to teach online and loving it, I would have said, no way. <laughs> yeah. But I have grown in my ability to teach because I've learned more and more to touch people with my words. Hmm. So using phrases and words, it's sort of like I had certain phrases and sort of like listening to the radio, you know, and you're listening to one station all the time, you know, and that those phrases work and people got the music, they enjoyed it. But now I have all different stations to play. 
all different ways of coming across. And I find that people, because they're at home and they're relaxed, they don't have to worry about, you know, going out to the car and brushing it off after class and, you know, worrying about is, is my husband, you know, the dog okay, you know, they're right mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And because they're there, they're more relaxed. They get into it deeper. They are able to do longer. Right. And the best part is everybody would always say at the end of class, I love the guided relaxation. Can we just stay here a little longer? Well, yes. now they can. Now they can. So I can just put them in a Zoom room and they can continue their relaxation, do it a little longer. So instead of doing 10, 15 minutes, they can do 20 minutes, which is the best. But I don't usually take 20 minutes in a class. Once in a while I do for a relaxation. But they, okay. it's favorite part, but it's the hardest part to do on your own. Ah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I found that the, balance. the counter when you said counter, I used the word counter pose. So when you used another term, your friend used another term, I forgot the term. But when you do one way sitting all the time, you want to get up and go the other way, right? I call well, it postural disengagement, postural disengagement, right? Postural disengagement. I love new phrases. Okay. Counter pose, counter. Okay. Pose. For every pose, there's a counter pose. And, um, yeah, so finding that, you know, that sweet place. Um, and you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be really good at it. Mm -hmm. And can I, I just want to put one more thing in here and I'm because I'm afraid it might not get addressed. And this is so important. Is one of the things that people say stops them from doing yoga is I'm too old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard 40-year-olds say that, 50-year-olds, 60. Now, sure. you would expect that of a 70, maybe 80-year-old. And by mm -hmm. the way, I'm 73, and I'm still doing it. You know, Holy so. cow, you look fantastic. <laughs> and I've got students. Yeah. I have several students that are in their 80s. They've been coming to me for over 20 years. That's fantastic. So, yeah. And that, I mean, they are what kept me. That When I decided to go on Zoom and let go of the studio, they all came a, a whole, a, not as many as I had before, but those devoted students came because they didn't want to do without it. Mm -hmm. And they, even though they could do their own practice at home, they all came and they will tell you the same thing. Um, I don't feel 80. I don't feel 73. Yeah. You know, sometimes I look in the mirror in the morning and I do, but for mm -hmm. the most part, I have the confidence in my body and that's what makes you feel young. Posture, number one, mm -hmm. makes you feel young. Mm -hmm. You're like this and you don't know how to improve your posture. And knowing how to prove your posture, like if you if you just go along and throw my shoulders back, pull my belly in, tighten up my buttocks, and I'll have better posture. Knowing that does not improve your posture. Right. <laughs> it does not improve it. So true. Yeah. You have to practice getting those muscles connected through the nervous system to wake up those muscles that are the muscles, the web of muscles for posture. Right. Balance okay. for that, for balance, posture, balance. So, um, so age, anybody can do yoga. Don't let age stop you. You yeah. will find you might have to do the chair yoga for a while or take some private, but you will be amazed in a short time, the progress you can make. That always amazes me to this day. That, you know, like I'll show people a posture and maybe it's a little difficult. And then 
in the next week, they don't they maybe never even practice it again. The second week, they're doing way better, mm-hmm. way better. So if you set that intention that you want to be fit, that you want to be peaceful, you'll find it. You'll find it maybe in yoga or martial arts or whatever it is that you want to get into. But yoga is, to me is one of the best vehicles. Yeah. And what you said about posture, I always uh, try to get across to people that you train your posture to a point where it's instinctual to be posturally correct. It's not, I have to say, oh, think again, you got to bring your shoulders back, do this stuff. It shouldn't be something you have to think of because you're going to think of something else really soon. Then you're going to fall out of that posture, right? So to be able to train that in. And one thing about the guide meditation you mentioned a minute ago was I used to, my wife and I taught ch- natural childbirth classes. Now she's really the expert in that. And she pulled off three natural childbirths and I coach them to whatever degree that was helpful. Uh, but we, we studied it. And uh, then we started teaching what's called Bradley method, which I recommend everybody do. You don't have to have a natural childbirth necessarily to take these classes. It just makes the whole birthing experience way oh, better. Absolutely. Yeah. But what we did was we had a, um, a guided meditation in the one class. It was, you know, it's, it's 10 classes, two hours each. And in one of the classes I taught, you know, stretching and, and a little bit about posture, actually, even in, during you know, later stages of pregnancy and the guided meditation. So during in, in between contractions, women can rejuvenate their energy by getting into uh, meditative slash relaxing states. And it was always something that people didn't want it to end. I would have the couple spoon each other. And then that we would start looking at the rhythms of the heart and the breath. And everybody would have the same breath ratio and, and feel each other's heart. Sometimes I'd have them actually touch each other's chest so they can feel the heartbeat and be in a rhythm and be one. And that helped you communicate when contractions occurred and the woman went through transition and had emotional shifts in it. And it was such a great thing. And it was funny because I would say, okay, the class is now over. Oh, <laughs> you can all go home. And nobody wanted to get up. And I thought, boy, I think this is really needed. There should be more guided meditations. And to hear that's going on in your yoga class is, is uh, phenomenal. You know, it's yeah. just, just yeah. so important. It's, just, it's so sweet. And, you know, as far as meditation goes, I also teach meditation classes separate. Oh, oh so, I didn't know um, Relaxation at the end is more of a preparation for meditation. So it kind of eases you into it. It gives you a taste of it. And then um, a seated, I teach a seated meditation, whether it's in the chair or on the floor with pillows, just so you're comfortable. And um, that's, you know, the, what most people don't know is that yoga, the postures, the breathing, you know, uh, like down dog and the, um, You'll hear people talk about take a breath or breathe in, breathe out. You hear it all over the internet, on TV now, you know, breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What people don't know is all that was designed for to take you into meditation. Right, right. So if you don't have good posture and you're trying to meditate and you're hunched over like this for, you know, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, an hour, it's going to hurt. But if you're posture, if you have a structure in your body that ever all the muscles know how to work and can, uh, integrate with one another so that it's easy you can sit for 20 minutes and quiet your mind and start yeah. to learn in meditation that we're not our thoughts mm-hmm. we think we're our thoughts basically it's just information coming out of the out of nowhere across the screen like a blip you know, and you either choose to buy into it or you let it go. Yeah. 
most of the time what causes anxiety is you take it on like it's really happening. Yeah. So in meditation, you learn to let go of those thoughts, to witness them, let them go, witness them, let them go. And so now they know you can choose the good thoughts eventually as you take it out into your life, you'll start to notice, oh, you know, I'm worried about my daughter. She's late for her, um, uh, the restaurant and she's 20 minutes late and she, she's either in a ditch, you know, uh, or she's here or she's, you right. know, cut herself and she's in the emergency room. <laughs> body right. that like mm -hmm. it's really happening. So all that cortisol is, you know, excreted into your system, you know, oh, yeah. toxins are just flooding your system when you're thinking that. And all so, we do in our society is cover it up with the magic purple pill. It's so true. One of the things that I can relate to is, you know, I wasn't, I'm not really anxiety ridden classically, you know, I'm not, it's just not my nature to experience much anxiety, but you know, then I had three daughters and I realized, <laughs> I realized my concerns over what was going to happen in this crazy world with my daughters became an overwhelming uh, emotional experience for me. And I didn't know what to do with it because it was really foreign for me to worry or to extrapolate, like you're saying, you know, they're 20 minutes late, they're obviously in a ditch bleeding, you know, instead of uh, they're probably just the hair didn't work out, you know, and the shoot, they couldn't, you know, something yeah. a little bit more in reality. And, uh, but it's, they, you know, having that experience, as you know, as a parent, uh, you have to grow or you're gonna suffer. So <laughs> I learned what, and it helped me empathize with people that deal with anxiety. Yes. Um, that yes. and I really, boy, felt sorry. I, I to this day, I, I really um, have a lot of empathy for people who are ruled by anxiety. I just want to love them back to, to, to a calmer state. And obviously, with yoga, you can do that. Oh. And uh, yes. I just try to, like you said, we're not our thoughts. I think that's the biggest thing. We're not just a thinking machine. Society rewards people for being thinking machines, and then. You know, what really happens to these people over time, they end up with chronic ailments, digestive disturbances. When I see a, a young person come in and they have irritable bowel syndrome or some kind of disruptive intestine, I know almost every single time this is a straight A student with a perfectionist streak running through them. And yeah. they just cannot let go of this want for perfection because they're living so much in their thoughts and this want to achieve this certain level. And... Uh, it's really important. Like the, the, one of my favorite books a long time ago was the power of now. Uh, yes. I remember when that came through, that was a, really an awakening for me to read that. And that was one of the, one of the books that got me thinking about how we're not our thoughts, but we're told we are um, mm -hmm. from a young age. And uh, it, it's a little disabling to, to just believe that that's all you are. Right. Yeah. So um, well, I have one more question for you. Um, okay. But before I say that, I just want to tell everybody when you're watching these podcasts, you know, please subscribe to the channel, give me a thumbs up and leave comments. You know, I, I'm not fragile. Please tell me what you love, what you dislike, um, what's, a, what's obnoxious about my podcast, because we want to be able to uh, improve this and make this a great experience for everybody. Um, but the last question I have is, you know, kind of a big one, you know, what are your biggest concerns for humanity and how can yoga help that? You said a couple of things that are powerful already yeah. in that area, but uh, if you were to summarize, you know, you, you see what's happening in the world 
you know, always, I shouldn't just say today, because to me, it's always happening what's happening. Uh, just comes up bigger and small, and we pay attention to certain things a little more than other times. Um, but what do you think yoga can do to, to stop some of the suffering in humanity? Well, that's a big one, and I could probably go on another hour with that sure. one, but I'm going to just kind of... The word peace. Finding that mm -hmm. peace within yourself. Believing that you can have that peace. So yoga helps to hone that belief, but you have to have a little seed of that belief, just a tiny little seed of belief that you can have that peace. And when you have that peace within yourself, then you're able to share that peace with others. Mm -hmm. So all the conflicts that we're having in the world right now is this, the source is fear and anxiety, fear, basically, you know, fear mm -hmm. is the main thing. Fear of not having enough or, or, or too much or um, fear of losing, you know, uh, just so many fears. And, um, and we've had that before the pandemic, but it's been accentuated. Mm -hmm. So this is a time, maybe this is the time that people can start to look toward, yes, maybe their faith and other things that they've done in the past, which I, you know, I don't know what I do without my faith, but mm -hmm. yoga enhanced my faith. Mm -hmm. It took me deeper into my faith. So having that peacefulness so you could share, I always say at the end of the class, um, yoga, you know, Om Shanti, Shanti means peace, peace in our hearts, our families, our communities, and peace on the planet. Mm. We are the keepers of that peace. It starts here within yourself. So you can contribute to humanity by just taking that time for yourself, an hour and 15 minutes, once or twice a week, and a little bit on your own, 20 minutes, a couple times mm -hmm. a week. Even once a week, I've seen huge changes in people where their boss and their colleagues say to them, wow, you're a different person. We really like this. What have you done? I mean, they've seen the difference mm -hmm. within, within months. Yeah. So now the workplace is quiet. And I always say, so now when your boss asks you to work overtime, tell him I have a yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. What a perfect answer. And he, well, he'll say, well, yeah, I want you to go because I see the difference in you. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, wow, Christine, this has been great. I appreciate you stopping by and, and talking with us about this. Yeah. I've been a big fan of yours, as you know, for years and and of yoga. And um, I think I'm going to start. I'm going to do yoga in, right as soon as I hang this up, because I'm a little laxed on that. Um, I do certain postures all the time just to correct certain parts of me. But um, yeah, I think you've inspired me. And uh, oh, I think our I think our listeners as well. So uh, thanks again. I, I would love to do this again with you. We can maybe take a more specific uh, series of questions. Maybe people, if, if you, if anybody out there listening wants to ask questions specifically of Christine, um, mm -hmm. your yoga by design, uh, .com, right? It's so yoga you by design studio.com. Yoga by design studio.com. Right. So they can look you up and ask questions right. and uh, join one of your classes and do a complimentary class even, right? 
And, yeah, uh, absolutely. We can, and I can even show them how to go onto Zoom. So uh, obviously, if somebody's watching the pat podcast, they know. But maybe they have somebody in their life that doesn't mm -hmm. isn't familiar with Zoom. I can show them. I have a. I'm getting really good at teaching people how to do Zoom. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, people oh. watching this podcast usually watch it on Spotify. Yeah. or on, on YouTube. So they might not know Zoom. So yeah, they that's nice that you Zoom, offered. A, so there you go. You're, you're a Zoom instructor as well as a I yoga am. instructor. <laughs> I never thought I would be, but I've gotten really good. If I can teach my sister, I can teach anybody. Okay. Is she going <laughs> to hear that? Is she going to yes, hear that? she is, probably. She can take it. <laughs> All right. Her. Well, thank you, Christine. Thanks again. Thanks. I appreciate it. Okay. You have, have a good Namaste. day. Namaste. Thank you. You too. Thank you. you too. <laughs>